father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches. Hello again, this is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today is episode 178 with Coach Greg Brown. Coach Greg Brown is the head girls basketball coach at Jefferson High School in Jefferson, Georgia. Coach Brown started out as a volunteer assistant at Tennessee Temple Academy in 2003. He was an assistant boys coach for three years, winning the state championship in 2006-2007. He was the head girls basketball coach for one season and finished with a 23-9 record. Previous season record was 4-25, including the first ever region championship in the history of the school. He got married and took a job at Northwest Whitfield High School as an assistant coach for four seasons. He became the head coach there in 2011 and was there for seven seasons, finishing with a 148-49 record, two region championships, and five Sweet 16 appearances. He became the head coach at Jefferson High School in 2018. He inherited a team with zero returning starters and two players with varsity experience. He finished the 2018-19 season with a 25-4 record, region runner-up, and an Elite 8 appearance. In 2019-20, finished the season with a 25-5 record, region championships, and Elite 8 appearance. He is married to Carrie Brown, his assistant coach, three kids, Riley, Willow Grace, and Carden. I think you're really going to enjoy Greg Brown. I think he's done a great job at two schools he's been at, Northwest Whitfield and also at Jefferson I'm uh, just a great program builder. I think you're going to find a lot of insight into uh, developing your feeder program, starting from the fourth grade up or third grade, and really kind of continuing on to develop really good all-around basketball players in your program. He's going to talk about his strength program they use at Jefferson and also going to talk about you know what can you do to build a consistent winner because that's what he's doing at Jefferson. So get your pen and Uh, pencils out and I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast with coach Greg Brown. Greg, welcome.
Hey, Greg. Hey, Coach. How are you? Out there. Uh, we're just uh, we're just living life, man. One day at a time. <laughs> hey, hey, you have to do it more than ever now, man. You got to take it, man. Life, you got to take life seriously now, man. It's it's becoming crazy. Um, I appreciate you joining me. I know um, uh, I always love getting our Georgia coaches out here, and I know some great coaches. So I appreciate yes, you taking the time out of your Sunday. No, it's my honor to be here, man. I'm 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 looking forward to it. That's great. Um, <clears throat> hey, I, I want to really kind of – before I kind of get into kind of your philosophy and your feeder program and what you're doing at Jefferson, kind of talk about how you grew up with the game a little bit. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what basketball means to you, you know, when you were a youth and, you know, really kind of how you became a coach. Sure. Um, I had the pleasure of growing up in, in a small town in the northwest corner mm-hmm. of the state of Georgia, Trenton, Georgia, Dade County. And um, I um, was very, very fortunate um, to be around a lot of really, really good people. Uh, grow up in a town that really loved basketball. Um, and I had the, the fortune uh, of, of getting to, to know Gene Durden um, at a very, very young age. And he was the girls' basketball coach at my school. And, um, you know, he was just a, a very, very important piece of my life, just very, very close with his, his family and um, – his parents are, I'm sorry, my parents and, and he and his wife are really, really close. And, um, you know, just, just had the fortune of watching him run a program. And, um, he, he had, he's had as big influence as anybody on me as far as, you know, becoming a coach. And then my junior and senior year, Jeff Osmond, who is now Gene Durden's assistant there, um, at Buford was my boys coach, um, was our, became our boys coach and was my coach, my junior and senior year. So I was just fortunate, um, especially those last couple of years of high school, um, to get to be around two really, really good coaches um, who I felt like um, invested in kids and, um, and and really just ran a program the right way. Uh, I would say the two of them are, are kind of what pushed me towards coaching. They didn't do it intentionally, but just by watching them and learning from them. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I just was very, very, very blessed uh, to be around two people like that. Grew up in a, in a, in a family that just loves sports. And um, me and my siblings were, were fortunate to, to be able to play through high school and, um, you know, just, just love the game of basketball and um, got into coaching pretty quick while I was in college and um, haven't looked back. Yeah, when did you know, Coach, that, hey, man, I, I want to be a basketball coach? I always ask this question because <laughs> – some people kind of realize it late or they weren't planning. And some people, man, this is what I always wanted to do. How about you? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, 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 I kind of grew up thinking I wanted to be something in the medical field. I thought about being a pharmacist and something like that. And then by the time I became a junior or senior in high school, I, I kind of knew that coaching was kind of going to be my calling uh, and where I wanted to, to spend the rest of my life. Um, you know, just in that niche, I just enjoy being around kids, enjoy competing, enjoy being a part of a team. You know, I, I think I've been a part of a team since I was six years old, and there's just nothing like that, in my opinion. You know, being able to count on other people and um, having other people count on you and being able to lean on other people, I just, I just don't think there's any better organization you can be on uh, outside of being on a team. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, and and- you have been around. I'm sure you mentioned Jeff Osmond and, and Gene. They come to my clinic every year. 
those guys are great because I mean, they're such great mentors. I can call, I, I called Gene the other day and I asked him a few questions on what he's doing now and so forth. Those are true mentors, guys. You can call and they're going to give you the truth, right? Is, are there anybody else that you have met over the years and said, man, I really kind of love what he's doing with this program. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of go back to that, that tree of Gene Durden's. Uh, another friend of mine is Randy Watson, who's the head girls coach at North Murray up in Chatsworth. He, he actually replaced Gene at, at, at Dade County um, when Gene left to take the job at Buford. He is another just straight shooter. Um, he is one that if I need, you know, true advice, you know, I don't have to worry about him beating around the bush or trying to make me feel good. Uh, he's going to tell me the truth. Um, and that's, I think that's what we as coaches are looking for. We, we, we don't want people that are going to just tell us how great we are and, and how great our program is. We want to know how we can get better because just like, you know, we're pushing kids to improve every single day. We as coaches have got work to do. And we're always, I know I am, I'm always trying to learn from other people and I want to be challenged and um, if I, if I've got a, a big question or a problem, you know, Randy's one, I know that I can go to, and he's going to tell me the truth. I may not like it. I may not agree with it, but I know I'm going to get the truth. And, and I think that's what we're looking for. And we need more of, you just don't find that as much these days. Everybody's worried about pleasing everybody and not hurting anybody's feelings. And I'm just the opposite. I want to, I, I want the truth. And, and, and Gene's the same way. Like you said, I can call him at any point in time and, and ask him a question, and I, I know I'm going to get the truth. Yeah, and I, I think I, – I guess if anything that well, we can – I always try to – on the podcast here, I know you do listen to some of the podcasts, and yes, I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm hoping coaches get something out of these coaches from all over the country because I know I do, man. I call people all the time, and I'm picking up stuff. Do you think we do enough of that as coaches kind of – you know, either going to a practice, going to a clinic, uh, just asking questions, right? Yeah, you know, I think um, – I don't get me – I don't want to sound negative about clinics when I say this but, because I do think there's some merit to clinics. I don't think we do enough of just three or four coaches getting together in a, in a locker room somewhere on the whiteboard and just spending time talking or just sitting around a table um sure you know, having a pizza and a coke and just talking basketball i don't think we do enough of that more um and it's what i enjoy the most you know i i would rather get together with three or four or five coaches um that i know love the game of basketball and are similar uh not the same as me so much x and o's wise but are similar in in in, in their belief in how how you have to work and and how you have to compete and big on fundamentals and things like that. I would just as soon get together with a group of, of coaches that way and just talk ball uh, and, and figure out how things are being, how, how they do it. Because I'm, I don't believe, or I, I guess I'm the firm believer in there's more than one way to skin a cat. And, and I want to hear what other people are doing. I may not, I may not choose to use it, but I may find a little bit of something. Hey, we might could try that and that might help our program. And, and I'm, I'm kind of like you, I just don't think, I just don't think – I don't know if coaches are scared to put themselves out there or scared of people stealing stuff from them or whatever, but I'll be the first to tell you I'm the biggest thief in America when it comes to basketball and because I, I, I beg, borrowed, and steal from everybody. Um, and I just I just think that coaches have got to put themselves out there and be willing to share and 
you know, I hate to keep going back to Gene, but, you know, he will share at, at, at anything. And this is a guy who's won more ball games than I'll probably ever coach in. Um, but I just – I don't think we do enough of that, just getting together and talking ball uh, anymore. Yeah, and I uh, – don't you think, though, Greg, I, I think it's a lot of ego involved with – particularly – you know, I mean, I, I mean, we're all trying to protect our turf. And the bottom line is – Man, there's no turf. We're all basically, you know, we're all basically doing the same thing almost. But but I think your best coaches like yourself are finding ways to master the teaching of the game, right? No doubt about it. And, and the bottom line with teaching and, and with kids these days, you got to find a way to engage them. And that's right. That's the thing that I'm looking for. You know, I I can go watch Gene Durden do Breakfast Club right now, and it's. It, and I was a, a part of Breakfast Club 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And it's different now. And how he does it, and he's still engaging kids, I learn more from that than I do the the, the actual physical part of it. It's it's how how can we grasp kids' attention and how can we keep them sharp and focused and teach them? Um, because kids are a little bit different now than they used to be, and they learn differently and uh, those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for when I talk to other people is maybe I can find a better way to teach something and that kids may understand a concept a little bit better. Yeah, I love that. You're trying to find a better way. I mean, that's and that's that's the humility you have to show as a teacher because you are a teacher first. Hey, what have you learned about your players during this pandemic? I know I learned a lot about the resiliency of my kids uh, on their continuing to work out during this time. So I think I've gotten a lot out of this pandemic. No doubt about it. And, and I tell people all the time, kids are a whole lot tougher and a whole lot more resilient than <laughs> we are as adults because they just keep going. They just keep going. They don't, they don't think about and analyze things as much as we do as adults. And I think that's a great part about being kids. Um, but my team, I, I tell you, we, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have some really, really good leaders, uh, in our program and, the, and we've, we've had to adapt to, to some things and obviously using technology a little bit more and being able to handle, not being able to be together face to face for a very, very long time. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, just the leadership of my kids, I think, um, and I, my wife who, you know, who obviously who helps us coach and she, she's just a, she's really, really good about keeping me grounded. And, and just from time to time, she'll look at me and she'll, and, and she'll just say, relax. You've got great kids who are working really, really hard. And 99% of the coaches around the state of Georgia would, would trade with you right now. And she, and she's right. Um, because you know, we panic and we worry as coaches, we're behind, blah, 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 blah. And I know I got kids that are working and doing things on their own right now. They're going to be working over the dead week, you know, coming up. Um, that's the thing is, I guess I've grown a, or had a, a greater appreciation for, for my kids and the kind of kids that I have in my program. Yeah, that's great. And that's why you have a winning program out there for sure. Um, and that's part of the culture that, um, you have built and, and talk about what you have learned during this pandemic, man, because I, th- there is so much stuff out there, Greg on virtual clinics. I know I picked up so much, but I'm very fortunate that I get a lot out of my own podcast that I steal stuff all the time. So what have you learned during this pandemic? Well, you know, it's funny you say that, you know, it felt like there for a while, it was almost virtual overload. And I don't want to sound like a, yeah, for sure. 
unappreciative because I, I believe me, I was listening to clinics and, and then all of a sudden it just became like, uh, man, I, it was just almost, almost too much. And I think that's what we have to be careful of is because right. kind of like clinic season every year, you, everybody starts talking about this and, and in your mind, it sounds really, really good. Um, but I think you, you still have to stick to kind of who you are and what you believe in. You might find a little bit of a thing here and there. Um, I tell you for us and I'll, I'll I'm, I'm open to say it. We're, we're going to be very, very guard heavy for the next couple of years. And we're going to kind of be, have to be a little bit more five out scheme wise. And so I've been trying to pick up some stuff and I've had great opportunities to listen to some people talk and meet with a few people uh, online. And that's really kind of what I've geared my, my time towards is just, just our personnel and, and how can, like I said a minute ago, how can we be a little bit better? Um, and I've kind of, you know, narrowed my focus. I think that's what you have to do. If you start thinking about offense, defense, blobs, slobs, you know, there's just so much out there. I think you kind of have to narrow things down and focus on where you need to get better as a team and as a coach. And, uh, and that's what I've tried to do, um, over the last few months. And I feel like I've got some great ideas that, that'll help our program, but in the end, you know, we're going to, we're going to play half court, man. We're going to, we're going to one, two, two press you. And we're going to play really, really fast on offense. I can tell you those three things are not going to change um, because that's who we are, but we're just going to have a few tweaks here and there. And that's what I've tried to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And I spoke to a really great coach the other day, Craig Campbell, uh, head coach at Clovis West in California, on Fresno. Mm-hmm. Um, great coach. And he says, he says, Coach, yeah, you can still gather a lot of information, but what you bring back to your team has to be very specific, like you're saying. That's exactly right. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't think you can ever learn too much, um, but I think you have to be extremely smart about what you try to incorporate. Uh, I think there's a difference. You, as a coach, you can learn all you want to learn, but what you incorporate might make you uh, might make the difference in you being smart as a coach and maybe, as, uh, maybe you being – Can you hear me? I got you, Coach. Okay, okay, good, good. Just lost you for a second. Um, hey, talk about you left, and I was really kind of reading about when you were at Northwest Whitfield. Man, you built a great program there over, I think it was your seven years. At, tell me if I'm not correct. That's correct. That's tough, leaving a winning program like that and then going into Jefferson where, yeah, they've, they've had a pretty good tradition there, but it's a very young team. You came – Tell me kind of your mindset on how you did that. Well, I was very fortunate at Northwest Whitfield. Like you just said, it was a great place to work and a great job. Um, when I took the job there, um, I was the fourth coach in the history of the school. And the school had been there for 40 years. So mm. it was not uh, one of those type places where, you know, you're just going and working for one or two years and then they're changing. Uh, I mean, and the, the girls basketball success there had been, had been good. Uh, I worked for Margaret Stockberger, who's now the head coach at Ringgold um, up in Northwest Georgia, but I worked for her and when she retired. Um, and then obviously she got back into coaching a little bit later, but she retired and I was fortunate to get that job. It was, it was a very, very good program. Um, but I do think we were able to progress and make it a little bit better. But it was very, very, um, it was very, very tough uh, to leave. Um, that's where my wife went to school. Um, she she was from there, and um, but we we just felt like it would take something really, really good that 
our entire family in order to leave. We weren't looking. Um, but obviously when Jefferson called, um, it was one of those situations where there's, it's a number one, it's one of the best school systems in the state of Georgia. Um, we knew that and we had three young kids that were, were basically starting school. And, um, so it was really a family decision more so than anything. And, and obviously the basketball, um, had played a big part in it, but we did, we, we knew we'd be taking over a program that was going to be really, really young for a couple of years. And, uh, we were just really, really excited about that opportunity to go and kind of do it somewhere else. Um, and we're living in a great community. You know, you're just right down the road. You, you probably have a little bit of an idea about where we're at and um, yeah. it's just a great spot. And, um, we're really, really happy and we're really, really happy with the direction of our program. Still trying to improve and get better each day. Yeah. What have you taken over? And I always, um, I'm always trying to learn because I think your best coaches are total program builders like yourself. They just don't come in like, Hey, you know, we're going to play this way. It's, it's a total program. What did you take from Northwest Whitfield and add it to Jefferson or did you, or did you come in with a new mindset? Well, I, I kind of had to change my mindset a little bit because at Northwest Whitfield, we had two feeder middle schools that fed into our program. Um, and it was, I'll, I'll be honest, it was a lot harder to get those two schools on the same page because they were competing against mm. them. Um, right. You know, and, and that makes it a lot harder. And um, as soon as, you know, we, we got the job at Jefferson, kind of late the process, I didn't, wasn't officially announced as a head coach till the middle of May. So, that first summer was kind of a whirlwind, um, and, and I'll be honest, we didn't have the time or the resources coaching-wise um, to to completely get the middle school program going in the right direction. Um, and, then, and then immediately in our, in our postseason meetings with, as, as coaches, we, we decided that let's go ahead and get our plan in place and let's try to get this middle school program uh, completely on the same page um, with what we're doing at the high school. Um, and, you know, again, that starts with people. You've got to have the right people in place. Uh, another thing that Gene Durden has taught me, um, you've got to have people who, number one, who you trust, and number two, who are loyal. And notice I didn't say anything about X's and O's and how much they know about basketball. If you can trust right. them and they're going to be loyal to you, they'll learn what they need to know when it comes to basketball. Um, and so – after year one, I, I took my wife off of my bench and I put her in charge of our middle school program, sixth through eighth grade. Um, and she made a huge, huge change. Um, just not, not so much, you know, you know, with just amazing X's and O's or anything like that, but just, we, we were able to get everybody on the same page that first, that second summer, every camp we went to, every play day we went to, every scrimmage we went to, the middle school went with us. We, we, we were all together that entire summer. And I think that summer alone really kind of got us going in the right direction. We were able to teach the same thing as far as concepts, playing half-court man, um, our press, playing fast on offense. Again, the three kind of core values as far as what we do X's and O's wise um, to our middle school program. And it's just kind of taken off from there. Um, you know, I've got – guys in place that, that coach our Athens Premier League teams in the third, fourth, and fifth grade and sixth grade. Uh, some coaches that I trust that do a great job. Uh, again, kids playing at a higher level. Um, and I, I, we've got it. We've got it where we want it. We've just got to continue to build it. And, it's, and again, and it just goes back to people. 
and people that will work hard and that, that you can trust and be loyal to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve as a program. Yeah, let's continue on with that because I know you really want to kind of get in the detail and really teach us like what you guys are doing, which you already have in many ways. Um, let's say that <clears throat> uh, it's it's hard to find good teacher coaches. I'm going to be really honest with you. Yes, sir. People that are as loyal and trusting and dedicated as we are, it's hard to yes, find, sir. Greg. You know that. So what do you yes, do sir. to find those people? Well, you know, I, I think part of it is is just building relationships with other coaches. You have to network. Um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Coach, when you said it's just so hard to find them. And I'll tell you what else is even hard. And, and I'm, I'm really, really big on this. I want good female assistants on my staff. Right. Because I, I, think, they, that, I think that high school girls need that. I think middle school girls need a female presence in their life outside of their family that can lead them, that can guide them, that can show them. And I tell you, we're having a harder and harder time finding females coming out of college that want to teach and want to coach. It's just hard. I mean, it's hard to find those, um, especially want to do it long term. Um, And we were fortunate um, right after my first year, a, a girl that played um, Lane Lewis, who played for Jean Durden at Buford. We had a Spanish opening and she teaches Spanish and she loves coaching basketball. She's 23 years old, right out of college. Uh, and I tell you, just us being able to hire her has really, really boosted our program um, because she's loyal. Like I said, she's hardworking um, and, you know, she's trying to, to have an impact on these girls, not just on the basketball floor, um, but in the school, in the hallway, and in life in general. But I, I mean, I, I think you have to network. I think you have to you have to talk to other people that you trust, uh, and I think you have to I think you have to look in your community as well. Um, you know, I, I'm really big on trying to hire people who who have played at the high school that that I'm coaching at. I was able to do that. Hire one of our former players at Northwest Whitfield. And it, it paid huge dividends. We haven't done that here um, at Jefferson yet because I don't think we've been here quite long enough. But that's a goal of mine, um, and and I know that that that's something that we'll look to down the road. Yeah, I love what you say about female assistants because I have my middle school coach and my assistant. I've been very lucky this year. The school hired one of my former players at GMC, um, and I've been very lucky. She's been great. She's been the difference. How we we've gotten better this past year. Uh, and you said it's all about relationships and sometimes us guys, our ego gets in the way, but a lot of times we don't understand the female mind and we'd be foolish, nope. we'd be foolish to say we do. Um, so I think that's a great move right there. Uh, talk about, you know, like what you're doing. I know Gene is big on his breakfast club. What do you yes, got? Sir. What are you doing skill development wise camps and all that to kind of get your players groomed? Well, we, 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 we do breakfast club as well. Um, we, it's funny. Uh, I was still calling it breakfast club. And then last week when we were able to use the balls for the first time, right. we did it at three o'clock in the afternoon and somebody said, I was gonna have to change the name of it just because that's when we had to do it. Um, you know, but that was fine. Um, but, but we spend a lot of time very similar to what Gene does on offensive player development in, in, in the month of June. Um, and uh, it's hard to compare this June to, to a normal June because it's right. not, it's just normal, but in a normal June, we do, we spend, we spend four days a week, hour and a half, um, on player development, 
um, offensive player development. And what we've done these this this past year and that I think is starting to pay dividends for us, when we took this job, one of the things that we noticed at, at Jefferson, we just we don't have a lot of shooters in our program all the way down. And we have spent a lot of time focusing on that area. Um, you know, we, we have a drill that we call five-spot shooting. And um, when we first got here, we, we couldn't – and it's a five-minute drill. We couldn't make the goal. It didn't matter who was out there. Uh, <laughs> and it, it didn't. And it didn't matter what group was on the floor. And then we did it the other day. We had three groups, and we had some middle school kids in there and a couple post players that really don't shoot from the perimeter. And we had all three groups making it without any issue whatsoever. Um, so I just think we've spent more time focusing on shooting, shooting the ball the correct way, um, and, and just reps. I mean, we we've got we've got two shoot away guns, and we we wear those things out, and um, we spend a lot of time on that, especially in the summertime, in the month of June. And then when we get when we get to the fall, we start doing four on ones. We spend we spend a lot of time playing a lot of one on one, a lot of two on two. Um, I'm 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 very very big on um, small sided games and trying to, you know, trying to make things as competitive. We want to have a winner and loser in just about anything that we do. And we want, we want there to be consequences, not punishment, but consequences for those that don't win. Because we, one thing I don't think girls do enough of, and that's competing. Um, I'm, I'm all about competition and, and we, we try to incorporate competition into our skill development and into, into our fundamental work as much as we possibly can. Um, because again, I, I, I think it's as much about mindset as anything else. We're trying to create a competitive mindset within each of our players, um, on a daily basis. Yeah. I love that. And I really want you to talk about your shooting. Hey, this really quick, tell me what your five spot shooting is. Five spot shooting for us is we'll put, uh, depending on numbers, um, we'll put usually three to four in a group, three to five, maybe. And we'll start on the right wing, um, and they've got – we'll put five minutes on the clock, and we'll, there's two balls in the line, and they've got to shoot it, go get their own rebound. You're, you've got to make seven from that spot before you move to the next spot. Okay. And so we right wing to right corner, and then we'll run the baseline and go to the opposite corner, left wing, and then to the top. And you've got to make – you've got to get to seven at the top before that five minutes is up. Anything you get over that is your plus in your your score. Um, if you don't get to that, that's obviously a minus. But anything you get over seven once you get back to the top um, is your score. And we're competing, obviously, against each other. We've usually got four, five, six goals going at the same time, um, and we're, we're competing against each other. So they're, that group's going to make uh, 35, at least 35 threes in that five minutes, hopefully more. Um and and we just compete like that. Just a simple drills. No, I mean it's nothing, nothing fancy, nothing nothing world beating by any means. But um, we're competing and, and we're getting a lot of shot attempts up in, in that five minutes. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I love that drill, by the way. I think it. I think you got to. Ha- I think simple's better. To be honest with you, I think you have to measure oh. stuff. You have to measure things right. for you to see if you. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board. 
the original Sideline Coaching Board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Improved, right? Well, and, and look, I'm, I don't want to sound negative when I say this, but it's real easy to get on Twitter and see some of these trainers that are doing all this crazy stuff and, you know, uh, hop back moves and all this stuff that you're never going to use in a game. Simple still wins, Coach. I mean, I, I hate to be that way, but simple still wins. Um, and, and we want to measure it. Like you just said, we want to measure and we want to compete. And um, I mean, the way we play on offense, we shoot a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. Um, because we're downhill, we're dribble drive, and we're, we're attacking constantly, and we're going to shoot a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. And I've had other coaches say, well, Coach, that's that's very, very simple. You know, how often are you going to do that in a game? We're going to do that a lot. We better be doing that a lot. Um, and so I think there's definitely a place for that. And I think you have to you base your drill work on how you're going to play and how often you're going to shoot from certain spots. And, and we spend a lot of time shooting a lot of catch-and-shoot threes because we get a lot of those in the games. Yeah, and that's really smart. I, we're going to talk offense in a second here, but before you do that, what's your plans? Because um, I know I've been in direct contact with Andy Cowart and Ernie Yarbrough from the Georgia High School. Um, i presuming they're telling me that we're going to play in July. So that, that because they actually want – they, um, I'm trying to set up a camp. They want me to run one of the uh, team camps out here at LOA and so forth. Uh, and we're trying to work that out, but nothing's been decided yet. What are, what are you going to be doing in July coach? Cause I know your kids probably play different sports. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the tough thing for us is, you know, we've got, you know, we've got four or five softball players in our program and we've got a, a volleyball kid. Um, but we would still have the numbers to compete. You know, I, I think for us, um, we've got, we've got to find ways to, to start competing, but I'm okay competing against who we are right now. Right. Competing us. I don't, I don't so much. I'll be able to gauge where we're at and what we need to do, because there are a few things that we're going to tweak and I'd like to see us work on. Um, But again, we're going to do it within the rules of the GHSA. Um, But if we are allowed to compete and to scrimmage, I think for us, getting getting a, one other team or to possibly two other teams to come in and get together and be able to control it will be more benefiting for us than just going and putting 20 minutes on the clock and turning it on and scrimmaging. Um, because, uh, you know, the, I, we tend to get a lot more out of those controlled scrimmages and when we just work the half court for a segment and then we later go to a full court situations – um, I think that's what our scrimmage time might look like if we're allowed to do so in July, because again, I, I've got a, I've got a lot of, we only, we only uh, lost one senior. So I kind of know where we're at uh, right. for the most part. Uh, it's just about fine tuning some things and, and, and building depth. And that's another thing for us that is kind of a staple of our program. We tend to play a lot of kids. Um, I try to play nine or 10 kids on any given varsity night, uh, night. Um, because, you know, I just – I think if you're building depth, you're never going to have a down year um, because usually you're not going to graduate nine or ten. Um, so if you're, you're constantly, you know, building depth and, and, and doing things like that, I think that's another thing for us that would benefit us getting to scrimmage a little bit in July is just continuing to try to build some depth and, 
and kind of seeing where our seven, eight, nine, ten might be right now and how much they're going to be able to help us on a Tuesday or a Friday night. And I, I'll be honest with you, I think we've learned a lot from this because I think our kids are going to come more hungry and ready to play because they haven't played so much. I know I have kids that play on travel teams. They haven't played any tournaments yet. I think they're going to come back more excited about their high school season. What do you think? I agree 100%. I, I, think, I think kids, I saw that this week with our kids, to be honest with you. I saw a hunger about them that I'm just really, really excited about. <clears throat> and I'll tell you the other thing for us is, you know, my first year we were fortunate. We didn't have an injury all year. We had one concussion that kept a girl out for one game. But other than that, we, we were very, very fortunate. Um, and then my second year in April, we had two ACL tears within three weeks of each other. Wow. Yeah. And so we had, you know, we, we were, you know, we, we had one, two of our better kids, two kids that would have been in our top 10 last year that never, that never, never played a minute for us. Um, but, but it's given them time, even more time to get healthy. Um, so we're, we're excited to be full strength. Um, you know, we go 25 and five and get beat by GAC in the elite eight who wins it all. They beat us by a bucket and our arguably our, our top or second best player didn't play a minute all year. So, you know, we're excited about being healthy. And like you said, just, just that I think kids are going to, going to respect the game and respect the opportunity they had to play the game even more so now. Um, and that's going to, I think that's going to make for some exciting basketball. That's so true. And, and as you know, well, Greg, this could be, I mean, it right now, I, um, you know, if, if something happens within your team, you got to sit out. I mean, you never know what could happen. Uh, so it, it's a little bit scary in a sense, but I think we're more prepared than ever as a country to deal with it. But man, you might have to sit out a little while. So we got to be prepared for that. There's no doubt. And that's what, that's what I was talking with another coach about the other day. I think teams that are building depth and teams that have depth are better suited to handle this situation. Um, because at some point, you know, you, you, you know, we may lose a kid and they've got to be out for two weeks and because they've got to be quarantined. Um, you know, that's, that's not, that's probably not an if thing. That's probably just a, a matter of when it happens. Right. Because right. odds are we're all going to experience that at some point. Um, and you better have as many kids prepared and ready to play as you can have. Um, cause there's no such thing as too many at this point not with everything that's going on in our, our country right now. Yeah, you got to have um, – I just call it a ready-to-go mindset, man. You better yes, you better really work this year, man. But, um, hey, that's, that's, that's life anyways. Hey, Coach, tell me about uh, – I saw some really good things about your strength program. Kind of give me some things. I know, I know that strength program that you have is helping you. No doubt about it. It's something I've always been really, really big on. Um, you know, I coached football too for – I was offense coordinator at Northwest Whitfield before I left for four years. So, um, obviously, I've been around the weight room a good bit. But, first of all, let me say how fortunate we are at Jefferson. Um, In January, we hired a full-time strength and conditioning coach um, who takes care of our entire athletic program now. And he is fantastic. He came from the Citadel. Uh, Mike Morgan is his name. And he's just done a great job. And, you know, I'm all about that weight room, but I'm also really, really excited about the fact that they're hearing a different voice. Right. And it's a voice of it's a voice of knowledge. It's a voice of encouragement. Um, he's in there working them and, and they have such a respect for him and that room. And, and he's just done a really, really good job 
Um, but we, we spent a lot more time. He has brought um, some kind of some new things to us, and, and he's doing a lot of injury prevention type stuff, and uh, we're spending a lot of time with that because we did have some issues. Um, but he's just brought some new things, and it's just really, really got our girls excited, and he's, he's very, very versatile in there. They don't get ever get bored. Um, and he does just does a great job of blending um, the strength and the conditioning and the injury prevention all into one, and um, it's made a huge difference for us. There's just there, there's no doubt about it. And I think not only physically, it's mentally makes a huge difference for us because I think our kids not only are physically tougher, but I think they 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 get mentally tougher in that room, um, and it makes a big difference. Oh, it makes a huge difference, and really. And, Greg, you and I know this. That's what separates, I think, the Bufords from everybody else is their their weight pro strength program is second to none. There's no doubt about it. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. And, they're, and they're, they're mentally tough because of that weight room. And Gene will be the first to tell you that. And uh, okay. we feel like it's an edge for us um, because, you know, that's what I told our kids on on Friday before we left to go on the dead week. I said, I'm just as proud of what we've done over two weeks in that weight room as I am what we did during this week of dribbling the basketball and shooting the basketball because it it will pay off and it has such a huge impact on our program. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, Coach, talk about your your style of play. I want to um, because we like to run up tempo and and press and all that kind of stuff. And I'm assuming you're very similar to that. Um, talk about your offensive system first, and then go kind of go into your defensive system on that. And you can go in as much detail as you want. Okay. Well, for us, um, ever since I've became a head coach and um, we have always tried to play fast. And I can remember the first press conference I did at Jefferson when I took the job, I told them we were going to play fast. And I had somebody ask me, well, you hadn't even seen your players yet. And I said, well, it don't matter. We're still going to play fast. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we like to get it and we like to go. Uh, we spend a ton of time working on that in practice. Um, we do a lot of you know, we do a lot of buildup of our primary break and our spacing. Um, and we'll do a lot of five on O stuff building up to that. Um, but coach, I'll be really, really honest with you. And, and I've, this is kind of where I've kind of progressed as a coach. We play a lot of five on five. Right. Uh, and we have gotten to, especially since I've came to Jefferson, we play a lot of five on five to work on our, on our pace of play and how we want to play. Um, and we do some all, uh, some disadvantage stuff where we'll play five on four and five on three. That's, that's one way I really like to work on the break is, you know, we, we, we've got a, we've got a bunch of different drills that we do, but we try to give the offense an advantage to, to early on, especially, uh, when we're teaching, um, to try to get them to see how, how they're capable of playing fast and pitching the ball ahead and, and doing a, uh, just doing the little things, um, this past year, we have we've done a lot of different things with our break. I'm very I, I try to be versatile based on our personnel. Um, we were a five out break team this past year. We're going to be a five out break team again. Um, but we it, it all starts with your point guard. You, I and I've been blessed. Uh, I I inherited a really really good one, uh, Livy Blackstock, who's committed to play at University of North Georgia. Uh, she'll be back for her senior year this coming year, but. It all starts there, and it all starts with, with, with having wings that are willing to get out and run. Sure. Uh, we, we run to the deep corners, and we're looking to pitch that thing ahead as early as we can. And if we're not pitching it ahead, then we're looking to attack and, 
and get downhill with our point guard to try to create, uh, to try to draw help from the defense. And then we're, we're flowing from our break basically right into our dribble drive offense. Um, and that's been a kind of a staple for us, especially since we came to Jefferson because we've had the top kids to do that. Um, and, 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 you know, we'll run some sets, but we're, we're trying to let our kids play. We're trying to, we're trying to attack and we've spent a lot more time trying to teach kids how to play basketball instead of teaching them plays. Um, and you know, we do that a lot through practice. And again, going back to the fact we play a lot of four on four, a lot of five on five where they're having to make decisions um, for themselves. And I, I just don't think that, especially on the girls' side, and I think you'll be able to relate to this, Coach, they're, they're just different than guys. They love being told what to do. They, they love being robotic, and, you know, they, they, they can get you from point A to point B to point C, but sometimes it may not work out that way. And they've got to abort the plan A, and they've got to be able to make a decision on their own. So we're trying to, we're trying to develop those decisions and, and, and help – help them make those decisions even quicker by what we do in practice and in our offensive scheme. Um, but I, I have no issue uh, with us taking a one pass three, as long as it's the right person shooting it. Um, we, we, we shoot a lot of threes and we're one of those teams that we're talking about either getting a layup or getting a three or getting to the free throw line. Um, because those are the most, you know, points per, per possession. That's what you're looking at. And um, those are the most valuable. Um and that's kind of what – that's kind of our, our theme. And then defensively, we're going to press you, um, you know, because, again, we, we want our offense and our defense to kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. We're, if we're going to play fast on offense, we're going to try to create turnovers, which help us do that. Um, and, you know, we, we are a little bit versatile in our press and want to be a little bit more versatile this year. Uh, that's kind of one of the things we're looking to tweak a little bit. Um, but we, we're a traditional one-two-two, very similar to what Gene does it. At Buford, not quite as good, but, you know, we're, we're trying to get there. And then in the half court, we're going to play half court man, and we want to be really, really good at it. Um, and, you know, obviously for us, we're excited about the shot clock coming into play over the next couple of years because we think it goes hand in hand with how we play. Um, so um, that's kind of the basics for us uh, and kind of who we are as far as our offensive and defensive philosophy goes. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, you're kind of groomed under Gene because that sounds very – very familiar. And, I, of course, you played them last year. I saw you guys played them pretty tough. I mean, talk about we a did. fun matchup. I wish I was there watching it. Tell us about that game. Give us kind of a breakdown of how you guys played. It sounded like it was it was uh, nip and tuck. Yeah, it was. It was a really, really good ball game. Um, you know, the one thing about playing Buford, and, and I did this back at Northwest Whitfield. We played them twice when I was there. Uh, we went to Buford once, and they came to us once. And, um I, I'm just big on scheduling tough sure. opponents, and I just think it helps you. And, uh, you know, obviously with mine and his relationship, <laughs> it's been a little schedule that game. But we didn't get it on the – we didn't get it on the schedule the first year because the schedule was pretty much set when I took the job. Um, but I told him right away I want to play. Um, I think it's going only going to help both of us. And, he, you know, obviously he agreed. And we did. We had a great game uh, this past year at our place. Um, and uh, it was very, very close the whole ball game, very low score, and both teams had a hard time scoring against the other because it was almost mirror images out there, to be honest with you. Um, we, I think we probably handled their pressure better than, than anybody else that they had played for the most part, and they handled our pressure, um, and it became a half-court man game, especially late. But, you know, 
in the in the first half, we had one little stretch where we kind of just lost our focus a little bit, and they they get six, eight, ten points on you, and then they don't give up a lead. Right. I mean, they just don't. We were fortunate to battle back and tie it there in the fourth quarter, and then they made their free throws down the stretch, and we lose a you know we lose a very very close game. And um, but I, I think our kids saw how competitive we were, and I I, I don't I don't. And again, this is no disrespect to them, and Gene would say the same thing. I don't, I don't think we fear them. I think we respect them, um, and and it only makes you better playing people like that. We're playing them again this coming year. As a matter of fact, we're playing um, a program wide. We're having a program wide day at Buford um, on a Saturday in December. We're playing a we're playing a, a fifth grade game, a sixth grade game, a seventh grade game, an eighth grade game, a JV game, and a varsity. Wow, that's pretty cool. All yeah, I like that. First. So we're really, really excited about that, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, again, it's going to tell us where we're at as a program because if you're competing, and I didn't say winning, but if you're competing in those games, you're going to be ready for the state tournament. Yeah, I love how you play up, um, and I think that's really important. I know a lot of people are trying to go for those wins, uh, which is fine, which is fine. But, man, you're, you're trying to get your team ready for that state tournament ultimately, right? That's right. I, I want to be five and zero at the end of the year. I mean that that's what it, that's the only record I <laughs> for worry. sure. If we be five and zero in our last five games, then that's all that matters. And I want to do what I got to do to prepare us for that situation so that we're ready to go five and zero at the end of the season. And I want to ask you a, a kind of a, a reflecting point here, Coach, and that you lost the GAC, you lost the Buford. What adjustments? And I know, I know, I know probably how you are. You're trying to say, how can we? What's going to get us to that next level? What is go, what's going to get you to that next level on offense and defense? What changes are you making? Well, I think for for us, I think it boils down to this, and and I've heard a lot of good people say this, and and Gene says this all the time too. When you get to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the state championship game you've got to be able to execute in the half court on both ends, right. on, on all and defense. Um, because when you get that to that point, it's hard to press people because everybody's ready for that. Um, you know, and it's, it's hard to get out and get a p- bunch of points in transition because everybody's ready for that. You, when, the majority of the games, when you get to that point, are, are won and lost to me in the half court. And I think we've got to be able to execute a little bit better um, in the half court on the offensive end for sure. And I think on the defensive end for us, I think it, it boils down to one thing, and that's rebound. rebound sure. I, I think area that I think for us, I talk about it every offseason. I don't think we ever rebound it good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do a pretty good job. Most people would probably tell you we do a good job, but I don't ever feel like we rebound it good enough on the defensive end or the offensive end. And it, it's a point of emphasis for us. Um, and you know, we have been a very, very good offensive rebounding team, um, which again, kind of lends to our style of wanting to play fast and get as many shot attempts as we can get. Um, but I, I think for us, in order to take that next step, we've got to, we've got to execute better in the half court on offense and we've got to continue to be a better defensive rebounding team. Yeah. I love that. Um, what about the mental side? Cause I know as a coach, what I've learned over the years is, it's not as much the physical side of getting to that next level. It's the mental side because I do feel a lot of times the kids get a little scared the higher they go up. What do you think about that? 
no doubt about it. And I think that goes back to your schedule. Uh, I think I think if we continue to schedule up like we've done and, and, and we're, and we're going to continue to do, you just try to put them in those moments as many times as you can. And at some point, like you said, you've got to get over the hump. Uh, and that, that Elite Eight has kind of been our hump the last two years. I think the first year nobody expected us to be there. And we get there and we play Johnson-Savannah on our home floor and they go on to win the state championship. And then this year we lose to GAC and they go on to win the state championship. And, and you're talking about close ball games with opportunities to win. Um, and so I think for us just you know continuing to put ourselves in those situations um, in games and doing the same thing in practice as well, trying to put them in – in pressure situations as often as we can to see how they're not, not going to respond so much physically, like you just said, but how they're going to respond mentally. Yeah. And I, and I know you probably, Greg, you've probably been watching that Johnson and GAC tape. You're trying to figure it out. I know because that's what great coaches are trying to do. Just that, that, that little separator in there. That's right. Um, hey, talk about your, your practices, because I think you're great coaches. Um, have great organized practices and they're structured. They're simple, but they get a lot out of it. Uh, kind of tell us about how you run your practice. Well, I think one thing that, that really, really helps us practice wise, and, and I'm a firm believer in this, is w- we are constantly <laughs> trying to incorporate skill development into everything we do. Um, and it does not matter if it's practice number one on October the 26th or whatever day that may be, or if it's practice number, you know, 65 in the middle of February, right? It does not matter to us. We are constantly (laughs) trying to get better, um, from a skill development standpoint. And we spend, we spend time in practice every day, um, every day doing that. Um, we don't always we don't always split up, but, you know, there's a lot of days where we'll split up guards and, and posts and we'll work on different things. And, um, but, but it's one thing that I, I think for us really, really helps us is our kids get better during the season. Um, because if, if you're not working on skill development from October to March, well, you're neglecting half the year. Um, and I, I just, I just don't, I just don't think that there's any place for that. Um, and we're not going to waste that opportunity. So we spend a lot of time on skill development. The other thing we do in practice is we compete. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time, like I said, competing. Um, we want to have a winner and a loser in every competition that we do. Um, we're not very multiple. I'll be the first to tell you this, and, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. We, we, don't, we, we don't do a whole lot of different stuff. Right. Um, we do our stuff a whole, whole lot. Um, and we, we try to focus on what we're going to, what we're going to do the most in the games. Um, and we spend a lot of time on that and trying to get better at those things. Um, and I, I, again, I, I, I'm, we are very structured. If you come to practice on, on Tuesday, Wednesday's practice is probably going to look a lot like Tuesday's practice. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of difference. Um, but we're going to, you know, we're going to change up how we, um, how we do certain, how we work on certain things. But Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I've been working hard to build an online basketball school to help players and coaches. I'd love for you to check it out at puresweatbasketball.com. Hello, my name is Rory Hamilton. I'm the head girls basketball coach at Norman North High School in Norman, Oklahoma. If you're looking for top-notch basketball coaching instruction and help, 
look no further than the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. You can listen about our five keys to success at Norman North Girls Basketball, along with many other podcasts at championshipvision.org or listen on Spotify at Championship Vision. Happy hooping. As far as the order, and it's going to be structured and it's going to be set. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, again, you're going to see a lot of skill development. You're going to see a lot of up and up and down the floor. We do a lot of full court stuff. Um, we don't spend a lot of time just sitting in the half court because that's not a focus, a prime, you know, that's not who we are. Um, and we're going to do a lot of five on five and a lot of competing. Yeah. I spoke to Kobe Durden the other day and talk about a bright young coach coming up, man. Um, Kobe's going to be a great coach and what a great kid. Um, but, uh, and he told me, he says, cause I, you know, I'm asking the same question. He's going, yeah, we do the breakfast club pretty much every day. I said, I, and that, I mean, I, I don't think people realize that, man, you got to do skill development every day. You can't just start focusing on your team concepts. You got to yeah. fine tune those skills, right? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's for thing for us is, you know, we got multiple. We got multiple kinds of layup drills that we work on in practice, but coach, we do that every day because that's what we're going to shoot. Right. I mean, we're going to shoot a lot of layups. We're going to shoot a lot of threes, um, and, and people are like, "Well, that's boring." Well, no, that's that's who we are, and, and that's that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're going to work on to get better. And I just think, like I said a second ago, if you're neglecting skill development during the season, especially the front half of the season. Um, I just think you're, I, I just think you're cheating your kids because you're not giving them an opportunity to get better individually as a player. Um, and, and, and like you said, you know, if you go watch one of Buford's practices and like Kobe and Gene have said, you're going to, you're going to walk out there and be like, well, well, they didn't do anything earth shattering. You're right. No, they didn't with what they did. It's just how they do it. They do it harder and faster and, and, and better than everybody else. And that's why they're so successful. And that's what we're, we're trying to do here. And what are you trying to do, Greg? Cause I know your, I know your mentality is getting your kids to play as hard as what do you do to get your kids to play really hard every drill, every practice? Well, I just think it's a sense of, of, of accountability. You know, that's a big word. It's a core value for us. Um, we, we as coaches and, and players talk about it all the time and we just hold each other accountable. I, I'll, I tell you, when I came here, one of the first things, I don't know if it's a Jefferson thing or what, but these kids are, are so encouraging to each other during practice and games. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. If, if you've got kids who are being positive in practice and, and constantly encouraging uh, their teammates, right. I, think it's, I think it's a lot easier to go harder um, because you don't want to let your teammate down. That person that's cheering you on and, and, and rooting for you and encouraging you, well, I think a, that that is creating accountability, um, and you just they they don't want to let each other down. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, and uh, that's what I tell them all the time: don't do it for me, do it for your teammates. Um, you know, and, and we and our kids genuinely care about each other and love each other. They may give each other a hard time on the court, and and you know, and, and the, the, they're all about ribbing each other when they're when they're just sitting around. But man, they just they love playing with each other and. Um, you know, getting getting them to play hard, it, it's just not hard for us. Uh, I don't I don't have to beg them. Um, it should, I think it's because they like each other, they care about each other, and there's a sense of accountability there. Yeah, and that's how you build the right culture and so forth, particularly in the girls' level, because you can get a lot done if the kids are, are already care about each other, encourage each other. 
Um, and that's, you know, it doesn't rely on you basically yelling at your kids all the time. Right. No, I get to, you know, it's just enjoyable. That's what I tell them. It's not enjoyable to have to beg somebody to play hard. That is not enjoyable as a coach. That's not why I got into this. What is enjoyable is, you know, is scheming and, and working on other things and, and, and doing other things that are going to help you win. Um, don't get me wrong. That playing hard part is going to help you win. But right. when I don't have to work as a coach, um, and again, I, I, I think, too, it goes back to the competition part of how we compete and practice every day and, and having a consequence. And, you know, I think that lends itself to help us with that playing hard as well. Um, but, but man, it just makes my job so much easier when I, when I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it's so true. Hey, before you go, give me your, like your two best drills that you guys run at Jefferson, because uh, I have a list of all the best drills from all these coaches and I want to add a Greg Brown drill. All right. For us, when we, when we teach our break, um, and, and, and it's a great, I, I just, it's a great drill that we usually split up into three teams and we'll have a, um, we'll have an offensive team and I'll, I'll have an offensive team on one end and we'll have a defensive team on the other end and another team off to the side and the offensive team. I'm going to throw it off the backboard. I may make it whatever. And then they're running the break the other way against the other team. But the only difference is the other teams only got a couple players out there on the floor, two or three. We change the number. We call it, we call it five on two, five on three. Okay. Uh, what we call it. Um, and, you know, just, working on our break and, and, and taking what the defense gives us because we're trying to score as fast as we can um, by taking a great shot, whether that's a one-pass three, whether it's a it's a layup. Uh, they know that's what we're hunting, and so we're trying to score as fast as we can. So while that group's going five on two, five on three, whatever it may be, we're setting up another defense behind them on, on, on the opposite end because as soon as they score down there, they're going to take it out again and they're coming back again, five on three, five on two again, whatever it may be. So they're going to get two trips down and back okay. against uh, with an advantage on offense. Um, and this is just how we teach our break and teach teaching kids to make the correct read and trying to score as fast as we can. Um, you know, we have um, – I got this from the boys – or the, I shouldn't say the boys coach, but the men's coach at Young Harris, Jeremy Courier, who, by the way, if you – I don't know if you've ever done a podcast with him, but he would be outstanding. Okay, uh, sure. For you with because they average like ninety-eight points a game or something like that. He was at um, Pfeiffer uh, before he went to Young Harris. They averaged over a hundred there. But I went and spent some time with him about just playing fast and running the break and things like that. And um, w- you know, one thing that that we are big on, and it's a term we stole from them, is piercing the dome, and that's kind of like the pack line would be you know, about a foot or two inside the three-point line. We want to get the ball pierced. We want to pierce the dome within four seconds of touching it, whether that's via the pass or dribble, because we feel like we're flattening the defense and we're, you know, we're putting pressure on the defense. We're not just playing around the three-point line. We're trying to get downhill. Right. Um, And we're trying trying to draw help. So, you know, when we're doing that five-on-three, five-on-two, we're constantly, you'll hear me hollering it, pierce the dome, pierce the dome. Sometimes I'll put four seconds on the clock when we're doing that drill. Uh, as soon as they touch it, we'll start the clock. And if the dome's not pierced in, in four seconds, they're off. Uh, and they're having to sprint on the sideline because we're not, we're not playing fast enough. Um, so that's just kind of a little, a little term that we use. 
that, that we stole from them there. And, um, you know, we're constantly just trying to put pressure on the defense by attacking them um, for 32 minutes. And that five-on-three, five-on-two drill is, is one, of our, one, of, one of our staple drills, especially early on when we're teaching our break. Um, another drill that, that we do a lot, um, and it's a simple drill, um, we call it yellow jacket shooting. Um, you know, it's, it's three lines on, on one baseline, three lines on the other. Um, and then we're passing balls are in the middle line. The ball's in the middle line. We're passing to the left, back to the middle and then to the right for a full court layup. And the other two, the other two people who didn't shoot the layup are getting a pass from the corner sure. shooting a three. Um, uh, people call it different things. I don't know. You, you, I know you've seen it coach, Sure, but we score, you know, we score it, we do it for five minutes and we score it. Um, and we're, you know, we we're constantly changing our goal kind of based on where we're at the season. We'll, you know, we'll start out at a hundred points and then we'll build up. And then last year, by the end of the year, we were, we were getting up over 180 to 200 points consistently. Um, so that, that's kind of two drills. You're going to see yellow jacket shooting in about every every practice we do just because I like it because it's full court and it's very, very, um, you know, similar to what, what we look like in a game. Um, and so those, those, those are two drills you're going to see a lot from us. Yeah, absolutely. And the five-on-two, five-on-three, because uh, I'm always trying to steal good transition drills, do you have like hey, – you, you have two teams? You did an interview with Glenn Hicks, right? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Five on two, five on three is a stolen drill from Glenn Hicks. <laughs> um, and, and and Glenn's a good friend of mine, and a, another guy that I that I you know talk with a lot about playing fast, and um, so that's a drill. That's a drill stolen from him. So there you go. That's, that's from the podcast. Yeah, just dwindling it way on down. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Glenn is awesome, man. They um, talk about a legend in the in you know the the system world. Uh, right. he's done a great job for so many years and so forth. Um, now I, I really appreciate that. And I, I'm your yellow jacket shooting. Um, you have, again, now does your, uh, you mentioned, are you just trying to shoot three? You trying to shoot pull up? Uh, do you, do you take away pull-ups from your arsenal or are you just shooting threes and layups? Well, that's a good question. And, and here's what I tell my kids all the time. Um, if I trust you to shoot a pull-up jumper because I know that you've worked on it consistently and you and you shoot it consistently, I let you shoot it. Um, but if if you haven't worked hard enough to shoot that, and we've got about two or three in our program that have that have the green light to shoot a pull-up jumper, everybody else better be getting to the rim, or, or they're shooting a three. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that takes a special player. We got one that that's very good at it. That's why she's going to be playing at the next level, but. That's a hard right. shot you develop for girls. I'm not telling you right now. <laughs> and, and and for us, we I think it's a shot you just have to spend so much time on. And, and I just going back to points per possession, I just don't think it's worth it. I don't I don't think the 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 bang's worth the buck, so to speak. And I just I, I think we're going to invest our time in doing other things. And again, you know, if you're a player that has spent a ton of time on your own doing that, and I, I see you do it in a game and you do it consistently well, then by all means, we're going to let you do it. But if not, if you haven't invested that time, then you haven't earned the right to shoot that shot. Yeah, that's so true. Coach, my last question is this. Um, give me your, your first meeting. Cause I know a lot of coaches, unfortunately 
Well, and fortunately, and fortunately that they're going to be starting work in a new system, new program this year under really kind of duress because it's not easy doing it. What do you recommend that first meeting when you had your first meeting at Jefferson, what was some of your goals? Give us some, uh, a coach can utilize in that first meeting. Cause that first meeting is important. That's how you get them on your side, right? No doubt about it. And I think for us, and it's something that we continue to work on today, but I think it's very, very important in that first meeting. You better find a way in that first meeting to be as genuine as you can be and, and let those kids know that you're going to care about them. They may not care about you yet because you haven't earned the right as a coach for them to care about you yet. You have to earn that right, in my opinion. And that's what I told our kids from day one. I said, y'all didn't pick me. I picked y'all. Uh, and I said, and we're going to prove every single day that we're worthy um, of your effort, of your time, of your good attitude. Uh, I think you have to start sh- showing them that you want to build relationships with them from meeting number one. M- meeting number one at Jefferson for us was not a lot of time talked about X's and O's. It was talked about, you know, how much we cared about them and how much we were excited about building relationships with them. And, and how that if they would buy into what we were trying to do, um, they would have a lot of fun playing basketball and that we were going to win a lot of ball games. And I, I, think, I think that's huge. I, I don't think you can expect them to just jump on board with you as a coach. You have to earn that right. We're in a different generation than we right. were ago when you know kids would just run through a brick wall for a coach just because they were their coach. It's not that way anymore. Uh, and as a coach, I think you're not you're naive if you expect that. Um, and I think you have to prove to kids that you care about them. Uh, I think you have to prove to them um, that they're going to enjoy it. Um, and I think that you've got to prove to them that you're on their side, that you've got their back, that you're going to be loyal to them from day one. And that's something that we've tried to try to do. Loyalty is a big thing for me. Loyalty within our program is something we talk about all the time. Um, and I think you've got to earn that right with those kids from day one. And as a new coach or somebody taking over a new program, I, I don't think you can try to get it all done in one day, but you better invest in those kids from day one. Yeah, that's uh, you said some great things right there, Coach. And hopefully a lot of coaches who are starting programs would take heed to that. Uh, that's a lot of great wisdom right there. Hey, trying to build relationships because on the girls' side, that is number one. You better build strong relationships, right, Greg? Yes, sir. It's huge. (laughs) It's everything. And you you got it's something that you have to focus on every single day, every day. No doubt. Coach, I just want to tell you, um, I've learned so much uh, about you and your program. I really appreciate you joining me. And uh, hopefully we'll meet this year. Hopefully I can get out and watch you guys play because I know so many coaches said, man, you got to come out and watch Jefferson play. They have a great program. Well, that sounds good, Coach. And with you being right down the road, we need to get together and just have lunch one day. That sounds awesome. That sounds great, Coach. And what's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you? How can they reach out to you? Um, you can get me um, – well, I'll give you a few different ways. I'll give you my cell phone number. I don't mind sharing that, 706-260-7673. You can call or text anytime. And then um, my email address is Brown at jeffcityschools.org. All right, that, yeah. 
on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me on there. It's man to man D coach. Um, and I, I'm pretty active on Twitter. That's probably the best, best ways to get me. That is great. And I'll, I'll have that, I'll have that on the website and all the podcasts too. Greg, thanks again for sharing, man. Take care. And I wish you the best. Coach, I really, really appreciate everything you're doing for basketball. Your podcast is phenomenal. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to helping you again anytime down the road. All right. Thanks, Coach. I really appreciate it. Take care. Hey, coaches. This is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division One, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning. Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram.